Hey everyone, welcome back to the BioNexus Health podcast series, Autism Uprooted. I'm so glad you could join me today. Uh, before we begin, let me remind you to please subscribe. It's a completely free channel, educational channel, and the subscription button should be to the bottom right. I've been told that um, about 57% of those of you watching have not subscribed yet. So remember that we are trying to reach a lot of autism families around the world. So please do subscribe. This helps us uh, take the message uh, further and to a much wider audience. So appreciate that. All right. Today is going to be about uh, point three in the uh, initial podcast that I started a couple points back, which was top five reasons why your child is not improving. Today, we will be discussing electromagnetic frequencies. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. Most of us know that we are constantly surrounded by... Uh, you know, machines that buzz, right? I mean, there's a lot of um, machinery, uh, digitalization, Wi-Fi in our lives everywhere we go, pretty much everywhere we go. So, you know, there is a, a pretty high trend in going off grid, at least in the United States, and I believe in uh, many other countries around the world as well. You know, people are trying to be low profile, off grid, not just for internal peace, but also uh, it's very important for um, health and wellness as well. So that's a, a raging trend nowadays. I'm I'm in the in the process of you know semi off grid um, in the near future myself, and I'm really excited and really looking forward to it. You know, um, electromagnetic frequencies is a subject that is uh, very close to my heart. As you all know, most of you know that I am uh, an autism mom myself. Uh, my son, Brian, is fully recovered. But, you know, one of the uh, major issue that we had seen back when he was little and it continues to this day if there is excessive exposure is to electromagnetic frequencies is a various symptoms like motor tics. So motor tics uh, would be, you know, head shaking, uh, vocal tics, making strange uh, vocal sounds like, uh, uh, you know, it, it would continue as a, um, as a involuntary vocal tic. A motor tics would be head nodding, eye blinking, facial grimacing. Uh, sometimes, you know, his arms would flare up, uh, flare about in all different directions. The more electromagnetic frequencies that we were surrounded by, the worse the symptoms would get. Um, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail about the effects of electromagnetic frequencies, but there is a lot of information out there. Uh, that tells us that electromagnetic frequencies, excessive exposure can drive microbial growth. So mold growth, 
Lyme disease, co-infections, parasites, um, any other microbial concerns that your child might have. You know, uh, most of you have run labs and uh, we have customized your child's protocol accordingly. So you know all of the microbial issues that are going on with your child and all of the underlying microbial issues. So electromagnetic frequencies will drive those issues higher and you will see flare-ups and often severe flare-ups. Uh, I have given one example previously, I believe, and I would like to uh, mention that here, but actually, you know what, wait, let me finish uh, speaking about uh, Brian first. Okay, so what would happen was, you know, uh, one vivid example that I can give you is, um, you know, we had to travel to many different countries and seek out the help of um, uh, many pioneering physicians. So, you know, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, UK, many different states within the United States as well. I believe we traveled to between 12 and 15 different states to meet specialists and learn about PANS, PANDAS, you know, which was in its very beginning uh, stages back in the day. This is like almost, you know, 10, 15 years ago that I'm, I'm um, speaking to you about. So we uh, live about um, half an hour from uh, the airport. And I distinctly and vividly remember the closer we got to the airport, you know, uh, Newark Airport, uh, Newark Liberty in New Jersey is a humongous airport. Um, and in, in, in the New York area, you know, it's an extremely busy airport. And uh, I remember we would be within five miles of the airport is when violent motor tics would start. Uh, Brian would be in the backseat and I would see the head shaking, eye blinking. It, it was just heartbreaking. And um, this continued until we discovered and addressed the underlying microbial issues. Those were major triggers, right? Drastically reduced EMFs, you know, educated myself on um, electromagnetic frequencies I, I stumbled upon EMF research. Once again, that wasn't as widely available as it's now. Everything was in its infancy that many years ago. But I happened to stumble upon uh, research in, um, uh, I believe, European environmental journals. Well, actually, wait, no, 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 not just that. Um, the physicians at, uh, you know, some, some of the physicians in Europe that we met uh, especially information from, from the Paracelsus Institute in Switzerland. Um, we got a lot of information. We were cautioned on EMFs. So we actually proceeded to eliminate as much as possible. You know, we installed shielding, protection devices, personal protection, the home, uh, the car, the school, uh, traveling, and I'll, I'll be getting into uh, details of all of that step by step. But um, I cannot emphasize the importance of trying to neutralize and shield from electromagnetic frequencies, okay, from EMF um, frequencies, radio frequencies, microwave radiation, all of these can be extremely detrim detrimental to a recovering child. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's actually 
um, it's detrimental to everyone <laughs> exposed to them, but um, our children on the spectrum are very susceptible because they are medically fragile, right? So I, I was gonna give you that example. So um, there was this one child that I remember speaking about uh, with acute extended exposure to an electric car. You know, I don't wanna name names, but uh, there is uh, a very famous new electric car that's been available the last couple of years. And, you know, the, the battery on that car is huge. It's undercarriage. It's a large battery, obviously producing a large EMF field. Um, one, one little kid, four years old, uh, it, dad purchased uh, a brand new car, electric car, you know, it, it's been the rage, hasn't it? So uh, this the poor little boy loves car rides and, um, you know, helps him settle down if he's cranky. Uh, he wasn't verbal yet. You know, I believe uh, he had a couple words was progressing really well. Very, very sensitive child with a lot of medical issues. Uh, extremely fragile, especially with the gut, you know, uh, my goodness, tons and tons of food sensitivity. So the immune system was, you know, um, overstimulated on high alert, mold exposure. And this kid ended up uh, in a two hour car ride, uh, trying to settle him down to get him to sleep. And this happened for three to four days in a row. And after that, poor mom, you know, she messaged me that uh, her son's die-off reactions were extremely severe. And I was, you know, kind of um, confused a little bit because this child had been on the same protocol, very low dose, for almost a month. And there had been no change in the protocol, neither had mom increased the dosage of um, any of the herbal drops. So die-off did not make any logical sense, long story short. Um, when I discussed with her, you know, ha has he been exposed to anything new? And um, this was when she said, no, 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 nothing new. You know, he's eating the same food, same medicines. You don't know what's going on. And then within 10 minutes, she called back and she said, no, you know what, we have a new car. and. I, I never thought about that. So one of the things that I always caution parents about is anything new is not advisable. A new car, it could be new furniture, right? Even if it is, uh, I guess if you have the most eco-friendly VOC free, like zero VOC, uh, no paints, uh, varnishes, lacquers, nothing of that sort, just, you know, plain naked wood, uh, with um, organic materials, no, no toxic glues, no flame retardants, those furnitures, uh, th that kind of furniture should be okay. But, you know, if, if you just buy um, um, any kind of on the market furniture that's on sale, so that counts as well, um, that, that, that actually counts for a lot. So a new purchase, any kind, right? So car. Um, so she mentioned what car they had purchased and what exposure he had had. And that is when, you know, we realized that this kid has 
a violent reaction to bombardment with EMFs. I mean, that would, you know, the car that I'm, I'm speaking about is, uh, of course, very environmentally friendly, of course, you know, uh, due credit for that. But unfortunately, for those with EMF sensitivities, you have to be careful. It took about three to four months for the child to calm down. He, uh, the the flare-up actually got much worse. Um, started pulling out mom's hair in clumps, a lot of aggression. Uh, poor mom had to shave her head so she wouldn't be hurt and injured, you know, by her ailing kid, uh, this poor little boy. The car was actually exchanged with a family member's car, and uh, that's when they were able to take the, the child out for car rides again. And this was an older car, uh, very well aired out as well, um, as well as cleaned out, you know, mold-free and what have you. Uh, there was no outgassing. So the new car, not only did it have that new car smell, right, all of those flame retardants uh, and other chemicals that go to constitute that new car smell, uh, many people crave, that's really interesting. Many people like that new car smell, right? Um, I guess, you know, people have their reasons, but yes, that was extremely toxic, took us a very long time. Um, good news is that it's fixable and uh, the child is doing absolutely amazingly well to the point where, you know, now, um, this poor darling mom, absolutely fantastic, phenomenal, dedicated mom, like many autism moms are, most autism moms are, uh, very selfless, um, you know, little angel for this child of hers. She is now going to be treated by me as well, finally, you know, for her numerous medical issues. I mean, obviously, right? Um, uh, the child has environmental issues, infectious issues, well, of course, one or two family members are going to be in the same boat, right? Just because of uh, living in proximity, in close quarters, your family. So um, I'm, you know, it's very heartwarming to be able to uh, help a mom, you know, such a, a beautiful uh, primary caregiver for this child to regain her health. But so that story ended well, but it's very important to be careful of electromagnetic frequency and RF, radio frequency exposure. Uh, one school district, I'm sure there are many, but a local school district, I heard this from an ABA therapist who has Lyme disease. Um, and I treated both of her children. You know, I actually saw her through two uh, Lyme pregnancies. And the first child, you know, it, it was a very sudden uh, pregnancy, so uh, did not have enough time to detoxify her. So the first child was born blue, you know, cyanos, uh, uh, meaning blue with a lot of complications, a lot of allergies and eczema and chronic issues. Um, he's fine now. Name's Colin. Colin's doing really well. Colin's brother, uh, was uh, fared much, much better. They are both phenomenal. They're doing amazing. Mom is doing really well as well. But, you know, one of the things that I, that uh, she mentioned was a very highly rated local school district prides itself 
in uh, providing iPads for every single child in their autism classroom. Special needs, mostly autistic children, but you know, uh, all special need children are in that classroom. And um, you know, they have a Wi-Fi booster right in the class. They have um, two or three autism classes because it needs to be a small class. So right next to each other and in, in total, they probably have like 35 to 40 uh, at, at, at a given time, right? iPads running on Wi-Fi. The teachers have their own personal cell phones. I mentioned that there's a Wi-Fi booster. The school has its own Wi-Fi as well. There are numerous uh, devices and phones in the school as well. So it is, uh, and unfortunately, the school also happens to be near cell towers. Uh, yes, and there is an um, electric station. I, I forget what it's called exactly, but you know, um, it is uh, one of those uh, large electric relay stations where there is a, a large, Oh yeah, the electric grid. Okay, it wasn't a huge grid, but the electric grid and relay station for uh, the that particular township wasn't that far from the school either. And you know, this made me think, and I realized that uh, my son's elementary school, elementary school here in the U.S. is from uh, is from uh, um, kindergarten to fifth grade. So uh, all the way to fifth grade, we had a similar situation. You know, there was mold in the school. Uh, there were always buckets uh, laying around to collect water from roof leaks. Absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, and most people are not aware. They're like, hey, you know, it's leaking. They'll fix it. But uh, anyways, that's for a whole other podcast. But, um, you know, schools can be cesspools of disease and toxins. Um, so we had... Uh, proximity to a mini grid, a mini electric grid. There was uh, high tension power lines right in the back going straight through a farm that we have right here, um, as well as the school had uh, mold issues, I, I already mentioned that, plus very heavy duty Wi-Fi. There was an autism resource classroom in that school as well. So it was, um, it must have been a mind boggling amount of exposure that my son had as well. But yes, um, most children go what, six to eight hours in school, right? So that is a lot of exposure to Wi-Fi. At home, at home, you need to make sure that your exposure is nullified or, you know, minimized. Now, the best way to approach this, I think, is um, I should talk about, you know, what needs to be done and what, you know, what's been my experience as well, right? So uh, from what, what I've learned and what, you know, the, the different measures that we have instituted is um, all computers, are hardwired as with ethernet cables, right? We don't have Wi-Fi. The router, there's no boosters, just one main router. The router is fully capable of Wi-Fi, right? It's Wi-Fi capable, but we turn it off. 
It's a simple switch. You know, it takes like half a second to just turn it off. We never turn it on. Uh, maybe once or twice a week for uploading or downloading uh, backup data. That's all that we use Wi-Fi for. So Wi-Fi is not used. Uh, now this router with the Wi-Fi turned off is further encased in a, a router cage. Uh, there are um, EMF cages available for routers, for smart meters outside. I'll actually get to that. So now the router. So that is uh, enclosed or put in this uh, router cage. And um, we, we operate with that, you know, it works just fine. I mean, uh, the house is, is uh, humongous. <laughs> I'm looking forward to downsizing actually, but it seems to work really well. We don't have any issues. Uh, again, remember everything is hardwired. So we have, you know, um, 50 to 100 feet cables that have been properly organized with cable organizers to go along the wall um, so no one, you know, the ceiling and then the wall. So it's been, it's quite possible to do that. It might take a little while. You might have to get a handyman or a contractor to organize that properly for you, but yeah. So that's with the routers. Now, uh, the computers themselves, we have laptops and we have desktops. So the computers um, outgas, you know, uh, there's radiation from the screen as well as from the keyboards. There is further outgassing of um, heavy metals uh, and, and inert gases from the keyboard itself. So we don't, um, we don't use any laptop keyboards. Okay. Um, the highest toxicity that I have found, um, I mean, found in the sense, you know, um, it, it would be clinical experience uh, that I've heard from my, um, uh, from my patients. It would be uh, laptop keyboards and cell phones, handling cell phones, different brands. I don't want to name brands, you know, but uh, there is uh, one particular extremely famous brand that gives me uh, a, a lot of aches and pains and you know arthritis like symptoms in my hands um, when I use when I used to have uh, that particular phone. So I switched to uh, something not quite so famous and uh, that seems to work out uh, much better for me. You know you have to look at the SAR rating of a phone, the SAR rating. And um, I, I opted to go for a cell phone, a smartphone with a with a, uh, a star rating that was much lower than the one I was uh, one I was using previously. Additionally, let's finish up with the laptops. Okay, so laptops, the screens as well as the keyboards have options. Okay, now the screens can be protected uh, as well as uh, the uh, the keyboard, you can switch that with the USB keyboard. So, I'll, you know, the keyboard that I have here, as you can see, is, is wired, okay? It's, uh, 
And then even, so it's a low EMF wired keyboard. I don't have any wireless keyboard. And same thing with the mouse, okay? The mouse is also wired. It's a USB mouse. I don't like to use the laptop keyboard. I never do. Even on my uh, tablets, I, I, I like to have a, a USB keyboard. So it's wired. Those are available even for tablets. Um, and those keyboards have an integrated mouse, but you know it greatly reduces EMF exposure instead of you know using your finger on the on the tablet uh, and using that to type or uh, using the uh, Bluetooth enable Wi-Fi pen writing device that comes with your tablet. That's all very high EMF exposure. And uh, it is much better to use uh, wired USB keyboards. The same with headphones. Nothing Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi headphones, uh, no ear pods. Uh, I don't know of any little children with autism that actually use ear pods, but you know, just, just a word of caution. Um, because, you know, parents like to have these toys around, right? You know, these latest um, electronics uh, around. So just be careful. Uh, the Wi-Fi uh, Wi headphones are right here. And especially if your child has pans, pandas, um, any kind of seizure, history of any kind of seizures, any kind of seizure activity, motor tics, it is a huge caution for children with those issues, okay? Right, uh, what kind of headphones can you use? Wi uh, wired headphones. There are low EMF headphones available. If you do uh, uh, due diligent research, there are, uh, wi uh, not wired, yeah, uh, wired headphones that are low EMF. Those are available as well. Uh, now, wired uh, earplugs, those are available as well, you know, if, if you don't want to use uh, over-the-head headphones. Uh, so there are definitely options um, out there. You can do your own research depending on which country you're in. So um, I do have some resources from several countries. So those of you who are my patients, you know, let me know uh, during your appointment and I, I can give you some suggestions. And there are a, a couple of companies in Europe. There are a few here in the US, but uh, depending on your individual situation in your appointment, we can analyze and, and I can recommend a, a few things for you. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. The next one would be um, your car, all right? Once again, no wireless headphones in the car. Um, if you are utilizing an iPad in the car, remember, don't activate Bluetooth. Don't utilize um, Wi-Fi in the car if you have, you know, uh, hotspots available in the car and you have a child in there with autism, it is best to get protective devices, uh, uh, protective covers for your iPad. Those are available as well. 
So EMF protection for iPad is very important. Uh, there are specific uh, covers available that are uh, EMF protection covers. Additionally, there are what's known as human frequency diodes, uh, bioresonance diodes that are available that can be, you know, it, 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 they are self-adhesive, it, it has a little sticky back, and um, it is meant to be put near the power um, source of the device. So you just stick it on there, that's additional protection. Um, and that is then safe for, safer, you know, it's never safe, safe, but it's safer for a child to uh, watch a movie. Now remember, if, the, if you're watching a movie, that movie should be downloaded already, right? You should be offline, uh, no Wi-Fi, you should be in airplane mode, anytime you're using your devices. And that, that's not just in the car, you know, it's like in, um, in general for traveling, if you're using devices, it is best for your child to download um, and to be completely offline, no Wi-Fi while traveling. Uh, you know, many cars are uh, equipped with their own audiovisual systems. And these audiovisual systems have Wi-Fi, Bluetooth enabled headphones. I'm mentioning that again. Once again, personal experience. I mean, I remember using uh, the first time we used Wi-Fi headphones with Brian. Oh my goodness, it looked like his head started shaking so violently. Thankfully, I spotted that in the rear view mirror. You know, as I was driving, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is he having a grand mal seizure? What is happening with my poor little kid? And we stopped the car and I realized it was a direct one-on-one -on -one connection with the, uh, with the wireless headset. So that was a complete no. After that, we had to actually uh, acclimatize him to a wired headset simply because the brain is so inflamed. Brain was just enormously inflamed with pants, pandas issues. And of course, you know, biotoxin illness as well, which I discovered later. So that's in the car. Now, the diodes that I mentioned that go on your um, electronic devices like cell phones, um, tablets, those can go on the battery of a car and th those can go inside a car as well. Additionally, I have a magnetic strip that is available uh, that gets attached under the car. So it's hanging and it grounds the car. So this strip actually connects the car and it grounds all the way. Uh, uh, the strip actually touches the ground is what I'm trying to say. And so there is a grounding occurring for the car, right? So grounding, so that's for the car. Um, additionally, while traveling, what, uh, again, any kind of traveling, what we used to do uh, for my son and options available are EMF, uh, EMF clothing. So, you know, undershirt, underwear, a hoodie, um, a headscarf, neck scarf, gloves, socks, all of these are available. Now we used to wear 
everything while traveling by plane because you know uh, especially with the the window seat there is a lot of electronics going through and it can be very detrimental or stimulatory to uh, a pants pandas asd child uh, so we used to wear a lot of protection while uh, during air travel right and um uh what else can we talk about traveling? Hotel rooms, hotel rooms. I used to take the, uh, the Wi-Fi cage, the additional protecting diodes with myself, the clothing, of course. And I remember having this, because you, know, you can't really do anything about um, uh, Wi-Fi in, in, in a hotel room, but you can certainly encase a router. You know, um, nowadays they actually have um, conductive uh, bags available, which can be used to to just you know drape around the router so that that reduces uh, in any kind of exposure. So they've made it easier, you know, uh, for those who travel. There's also personal protection available. There are bracelets and uh, grounding bracelets, grounding necklaces. Uh, that are uh, uh, that contain this bioresonance um, bioresonance technology, scalar uh, technology, Schumann frequency technology, depending on the brand you use, which can be used for personal protections uh, protection in addition to the EMF clothing, right? You know, they have women's clothing, uh, men's clothing, children's clothing. That's that that's all available nowadays, thankfully, especially with um, the advent of 5G. 4G was, was uh, uh, quite detrimental to many of us, but 5G has just compounded that effect, hasn't it? Those of you who suffer from EMF sensitivity can absolutely relate to what I'm, uh, what I'm speaking of. So, where was I? Traveling, hotel rooms, yes, hotel rooms. So uh, Wi-Fi. Now, you know, there is um, additional device that gets plugged in that nullifies uh, the Wi-Fi in, in that particular living space. Now, that is just a, 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 a plug-in device, right? So I, I had an extra I used to take with me and, and I would plug it in. Now, you know, in, in the hotel rooms, I mean, it's pretty visible because there's no hard wire available, right? You know, there's no ethernet available anymore. So it's quite interesting to see how the devices that we use for protection, they work. Because as soon as, you know, um, I, I would uh, plug in the uh, Wi-Fi minimizer, that's exactly what, the, what would happen. In the next bedroom, uh, we, we usually get, uh, get a little room uh, which has a couple of bedrooms and, and a small kitchen because I, I don't like eating out. You know, I, I like to cook uh, even when we go on vacation. So it's just... Uh, um, so that's that's the kind of setup uh, I usually prefer. Of course, you know there have been 
um, couple instances when we have not been able to do that, traveling abroad and what have you, but you know, that's what uh, we actually endeavor to, uh, to have. So we know that the food we are eating is clean and clear. Um, you know, versus signing up for meal plans and uh, rubbish like that. But anyways, uh, using Wi-Fi in the other room becomes a problem. So anyone who wants to use uh, use Wi-Fi would have to come within that four to eight, uh, eight feet uh, radius to be able to use. So we knew that the that the, the, the devices were uh, working. Okay. I know it's a lot of information, isn't it? But uh, there are, but we are bombarded people. We are bombarded with a, a, a lot of EMFs from every which direction. If your hotel is near an airport, many of us choose to just, you know, um, have hotels near, uh, near an airport for convenience sake, right? If your hotel is near, um, a large entertainment area, for example, um, you know, Universal Studios or Disney in Florida, you know that there is a tremendous amount of EMF exposure. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not just naming these two, but, but like theme parks is what I should say, you know, any kind of theme park if, if you are visiting. So it could be near, uh, near electric, electric power lines as well. So, I mean, airports are cesspools of EMF, aren't they? With all of their transponders and, and wireless and, and all of their radar systems, etc. So it's just, uh, um, you know, one of the gauge, one of the gauges of success of, uh, uh, of treatment was for my son was that he stopped reacting to Wi-Fi. That was a huge win for us. I mean, tremendous, you know, no more eye blinking, you know, making faces, head shaking, um, making like, you know, visual stim, uh, I mean, um, vocal stimming, like uh, all of that, uh, the, the vocal tics, all of that was neutralized, was nullified, went away. Now, did it go away completely? No because it is an autoimmune condition. Pants, pandas is autoimmune. So even now, if he, you know, inadvertently on a day is exposed to a lot of Wi-Fi, I will still see, you know, head shakes or some eye blinking. And I know that it's, it's been a rough day for him. So we just get him to rest, couple extra hours of sleep, an additional dose of the binder, you know, and then there are uh, certain herbals and homeopathics that can be used for uh, radiation exposure. And that's what we do. And that, that, that brings things back to baseline again for Brian. So EMF is a huge factor if your child is not improving. You know, I remember um, there's a, so many things we do. But uh, a couple more things I remember. Uh, let's talk about grounding. And um, let's talk about a, um, an EMF protection blanket that is also available. You know, they have these little um, uh, square-shaped EMF protection blankets uh, that are used 
for uh, that are actually designed for pregnant women. Okay, so you know you can just put that over your uh, your belly and and you know if if you are using your tablet etc. So that is helpful also for your child as additional protection when uh, using like for example you know gaming right when when they want to play uh, uh, video games you know uh, having the 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 controls in their lap. So I, I would always have this um, EMF blanket on him, you know, when he was sitting down, him meaning Brian, when he was little. Now he knows how to do all those things himself. All of the gaming consoles had, had the, the diodes. Our television has a diode. We never use the microwave for anything whatsoever. I mean, microwaving, uh, completely neutralizes all kinds of nutrition. Anyways, it's the food is complete rubbish uh, once it comes out of the the microwave. So we we never really use the microwave for anything. Uh, so that that's that's been nullified. And uh, what else? Diodes. Yes. So anytime you use uh, any kind of tablet, any kind of gaming. Uh, gaming controller in your hand, it is, uh, it's best to have that added protection. Um, grounding. So grounding, uh, there are grounding sheets available that you can uh, put on the bed. I, uh, you know, what I do is um, I uh, put the grounding sheet under the bed sheet. Right. We have what we call here in the U.S. as um, uh, fitted sheets and flat sheets, right? When, when you uh, buy a bedding set. So it goes under the fitted sheet and it gets plugged into the grounding outlet of your, um, of your electrical outlet, right? You have the polarized and then you have the one grounding outlet. Now, you need to test if your grounding uh, outlet is, the grounding section in the outlet is truly grounded because, again, dirty electricity is everywhere. So for dirty electricity neutralization, there are stetserizer filters, and that's just a brand name. Sorry, I shouldn't mention, you know, there are uh, dirty electricity filters available uh, some of them, you know, th there are many different brands. Um, uh, some of them have uh, a plug built in. So when, when you plug in the filter, you're not really losing an outlet. So they, they have outlets uh, built into the filters. So um, we have those. We have those everywhere. Um, so this is where you would plug in your uh, grounding bedsheet, the wire. I mean, it, it comes with, in, uh, with instructions, grounding. So that's very important. Uh, we had that for Brian when he sleeps. Uh, nowadays, there are uh, a whole lot more options available for traveling, for you know, um, protection. There's clothing, there's for the whole house. Oh, you know what I forgot? Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about grounding. Now, grounding rods. Uh, like I have four ground rods. So you, you would actually 
um, connect a wire from a grounding rod that's literally ground in the ground, not ground, I mean, pushed into the ground outside. And then, you know, the wire comes in through a window. So that is absolutely amazing, true grounding. Then you can build a grounding section in your backyard. So if you have um, access to the outside, you have a backyard, uh, you can build a little safe area. You know, like how, how children have sandboxes, right? Th those are all artificial, but uh, uh, you, can, you can kind of, you know, segregate a little area where everything is pure, no chemicals, uh, no ticks. Um, all of those are, are handled like naturally, like, you know, um, the, the best, best thing to use on the lawn that I found with personal experience as well is neem oil, right? Neem oil, garlic oil, that neutralizes all kinds of bugs and ticks and what have you. And then you can establish this little grounding area where you can walk barefoot. So that's, that's uh, phenomenal grounding, you know, uh, in addition to the grounding that's happening at home. So uh, grounding is great. It helps improve sleep as well. Helps with motor tics, EMF sensitivities, digestion, night wakings. Um, sometimes with the nighttime bedwetting as well, if EMF sensitivity is a big factor. So these are good. Um, so let's move on to the next one. One is, remember I spoke about the uh, protective cover for tablets. Now, uh, the same protective covers are also available for smartphones and cell phones, okay? So uh, be sure to remember that as well. Uh, the same principle of using a uh, scalar technology or, you know, Schumann frequency technology diodes um, that goes on the uh, battery or the power source of the device, like, you know, a smartphone. Uh, the same, just like I spoke about the tablet, the same applies to the smartphone as well. So that's what I have, you know, on all of uh, uh, my devices as well. So there's a diode and there is a protective cover, right? Which, which protects from the EMF um, radiation. Right, and um, I always use uh, tube headsets, which are uh, which are again, you know, greatly protective and reduce uh, EMF exposure. So uh, no uh, no AirPods or you know, once again, that's a brand, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, wireless uh, wireless earpieces, etc. Uh, that is uh, a strict no no for uh, for our kids right i mean it's it's a, a great strategy for all of us um but you know we are discussing children on the spectrum so that's that's who i am speaking in context of okay uh next is uh, one question had come through about the faraday cage you know the emf canopy that goes over the bed i'm not a fan um of the uh, the EMF canopy. Uh, when I was researching, you know, there seems to be a controversy uh, with with the canopy trapping the EMFs inside, and it's just that you know um, 
the brand was was already improving with all of these tremendous number of EMF uh, protective strategies that we had in place. Um, I never really had to, uh, you know, uh, go for the canopy, and I I was not comfortable with with the canopy. So that's that. Uh, last but not the least, cordless telephones. So cordless telephones should be plugged out. First of all, you know, there's no reason to have cordless telephones. Um, most, most people now have, uh, have you know, smartphones that are used, but those of you who still use uh, landline and cordless telephones, um, it is best to obtain one of those uh, old-fashioned phones, right? And uh, the, the, the phones with a cord versus a cordless telephone. If you, if you absolutely must have um, a cordless phone, then please remember to plug it out, not turn it off. That's a whole different uh, scenario, right? Plug it out, plug, plug it out from the wall at nighttime before you go to sleep. So that's um, you know, very important. You know, there it's very, uh, another, uh, lots of things are important, right? But, <laughs> sorry, but you know, I, I, I'd rather be thorough than miss anything. So remember not to have anything plugged in, in your child's room at night. Um, uh, I guess, you, you know, um, if you need a, a night lamp, remember to get a um, battery powered one, right? Because battery powered ones are easily available uh, you don't really need to plug anything in. So that should be the goal. In fact, we used to avoid plugging anything into the wall um, if there was a um, common wall between uh, Brian's room and um, you know, any other room. So that, that uh, common wall, um, I did not plug anything in there either, right? So uh, that's important to remember. We also had the the headboard of the bed so the head uh towards the north i mean sorry towards the east my bad so towards uh, as much as possible towards the east is the best um if you're in the northern hemisphere your head should not be pointing towards north when you're sleeping at night the same for your child Right. Um, I'll, I'll discuss a little bit more, you know, about the um, magnetic effect of Earth's poles, etc. The same applies for those who are in the southern hemisphere. Your headboard should not be towards the south as as um, you know as much as as possible. I mean, it shouldn't. Okay. So southern hemisphere away from the south, northern hemisphere, away from the north, east is the best. Okay, all right, good. Um, uh, let me just quickly think if I'm not forgetting anything. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, last one. <laughs> uh, we need to move the bed three feet away from the wall, if possible, as much as possible, right? Most people have the bed kind of like, you know, um, flush against the wall. No, no, don't have it flush against the wall. Three feet away from the wall. Okay. So the next one will be proximity 
to high tension wires, high tension electric poles and wires, you can look up what those look like, right? You know, uh, Google um, high tension electric wires images and you'll see what I'm talking about. And most of these, uh, the, the poles, the electric poles that are high tension uh, also have, uh, you know, additional uh, attachments to them, you know, often uh, uh, Wi-Fi as well. Proximity to cell towers, uh, proximity to electric grids. All of these should ideally be avoided when looking for uh, building a house, a new house, uh, apartments, you know, and, and any kind of um, living situation. If you're going on on long vacation, as much as possible. I mean, I mean, I, I realize vacation, you know, you can only do so much, but uh, it's good to be aware, right? Education and awareness is key. Uh, another thing that's important, both for apartment living, as well as for um, houses, is smart meters. So let's talk about houses first. Smart meters, you know, uh, back in the day, I mean, we still have those uh, available in some areas. Uh, the, the electric meters outside the house, right? The, the, the water meters, you know, these are all attached to the wall, one of the walls outside. And uh, they, they used to be analog, right? You know, they used to be like multiple small dials, you know, that, that were like rotating and, and like count uh, and counting your, uh, usage, right? Water usage, electrical usage, etc. And and a meter maid used to come around to uh, read the meters and what have you. So they they did away with that. Now they have smart meters. Now smart meters are emitting radiation inside your house. That reminds me, home security systems. If you leave the home security system on at night for whatever reason. Remember, it is Wi-Fi and, and, you know, there are signals all around the house. So uh, hardwired uh, home security system is important, just like analog meters. If you have an option, keep those. Like it's sad and ironical and ridiculous that because we refuse to upgrade to the wireless technology and smart meters and what have you, we have to pay a, a monthly fee for that just so that the meter on the house is analog. So they do have smart meter protection covers available. So it's not, you know, um, beaming its nonsense inside the house at all times. Uh, that's very important. Now we have a generator as well, right? You know, we have an, an automatic standby generator because of the, the extreme weather conditions that we live in here in the Northeast. Uh, now that is a huge device. Uh, it's outside. So it's, it's, it's you know, a properly grounded on a concrete platform in the ground. However, I also have a, a couple of diodes attached to it. The electrical panels in your home, we have two big panels, you know, we have a, a lot of amperage uh, for, for um, the, um, the amount of space we have. So 
those are also grounded. Once again, you know, diodes are available to apply to your electrical panels. Um, I already discussed dirty electricity filters. Great. Now let's talk about apartment living. Okay. If you are shopping for an apartment, you know, Brian went to college and, and we uh, looked around for, my God, there was so much to consider, right? Uh, new construction, etc. I'll I'll do a, a separate um, video on that, but but let's let's you know stick to the smart meters here. So, the apartments, uh, the building has about two to three hundred apartments. So all of those meters, each apartment has a smart meter. Now these meters are outside on the outside walls. So now there is one section of this big humongous apartment building that is uh, that has all of these meters attached to the wall. Okay, you know, and then they have conduits which conduct the wires to each individual apartment. Um, you know, uh, uh, whatever is needed to do. I'm, I, I don't know too many technical details, but I do know enough. Uh, to keep my son protected. So what we had to make sure was that um, the apartment that we chose was as far away as possible and that did not have any wall in common with that, you know, uh, smart meter wall. That's one. Now, many apartment complexes have each on each floor, there is an electrical room. So, you know, there is a lot of electrical uh, devices and um, uh, electronics and electrical machinery in that room. And once again, you know, we try to get an apartment as far away from the, as far away uh, as possible from that electrical room. So these are just, you know, a few tips, whatever, uh, Wi-Fi and EMF protection we have in the in the home and the office. So home is the same. Office is protected. All the cars are protected, uh, as well as any additional apartments that we have. You know those are also protected. Just one for Brian for college. But yeah. So again, I know I think it's going to be a ten minute thing, but my goodness, you know it's just. Uh, it takes a while to explain everything in depth, but there you go. It's very important that EMF exposure is reduced to a minimum to see maximum clinical gains in your child. All right. So any other questions that I haven't answered in this um, uh, EMF uh, video today, just please send them to me and I'll be happy to um, clarify those for you anytime. All right, good. So I'm glad you were able to join me today. Keep listening, keep watching, keep subscribing, and I will see you next time on Autism Uprooted. Have a good day. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. 
Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.